There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing the penultimate episode of Season 3 of The Magicians. It's so cool. I really like this one. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting a lot of what happened. No. So, all right. We don't have ratings, right? Oh, we got ratings. Oh, you got ratings. Okay. Yes. Episode 12 brought in a 0.28 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.732 million viewers making it the 15th overall cable show for the day. And we have the live plus seven for episode 10. It was 24th in viewers total gain going from 0.703 to 1.371 million viewers for an increase of 0.688 million viewers. That 0.688 million viewers made it 20th in viewers percentage gain with an increase of 95%. It's an awesome amount. Yes, it is. And this is a good one everyone jumps in on. All right, so episode 12. And we only have one left? Yeah. I can't. I know. <laughs> this makes me sad. But Expanse comes on next. I know, but this makes me sad. Yes. Oh, okay. It was a good episode, though. So we'll talk about this because it was good. And then I will save my feelings for the next episode <laughs> when my heart may be broken because there's no more. All right, Until next season, because yeah, we I, do have season four, guaranteed. I know, but it's like waiting for Doctor Who. It's so hard. Yes. <laughs> and they keep referencing Doctor Who. Yeah. Although the bourbon trail apparently is catching up to me from the weekend. You know, whatever. Yeah. Episode 12, the Florian candidate. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, goodness. This is going to be great. I can tell already. The political situation in Fillory comes to a head. Julia makes a man. Alice makes a confession. You know what? Even though that was one of those really short ones, it doesn't tell you a lot. It actually kind of, this one actually makes sense the way they put it. Right. So for once, I'm not complaining except the fact that I can't read, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our previously on was absolutely amazing. Oh my God, I loved it. Like the first time I watched it, though, I was, I had to stop and I'm like, wait a minute, did I miss something? (laughs) <laughs> thinking that it skipped, like the DVR skipped or something. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just how they're opening it. And I loved it. Yeah. Josh catching up Penny 23 on what's going on in Timeline 40. And I just thought that was great. Because who knew we needed Josh to do our previously on? Right. I think he needs to do all of them next season. Yeah, I do too. Especially because as he's going around, he's like, all right. Well, this happened and this happened, and here's Penny in our timeline, and Katie, and uh, Penny's 23 is like, who's Katie? And it's like, er, hit the brakes. You don't know. Okay. And then explaining. Yeah, there's not a Katie in timeline 23, apparently. Now, didn't somebody say that there wasn't actually a Katie in the book, the books, but she was kind of a compilation of two characters? I think so. Do you think that's what they were doing, kind of make you know having that nod to that? I think so. That makes sense. Yes, it would. And plus, you know, we had Margot, who had a different name in the book. And so I do like how they do those little nods to the book reader. Yes. So awesome. I, I'm still, I have the book. I will get it read before the next season. <laughs> of course, there's three books. Will I get all three read? Probably not. No. I used to read really fast. I'm sorry, guys. Apparently, I'm a lot slower lately. Anyway, so... Josh is explaining who Katie is and how Katie and Julie are best bitches. And he's like, their words, not mine. And then when he changes it up to, uh, they're no longer best witches. It's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> he kind of stops and looks at him. 
I just loved it. And he's like, and Penny Forty kind of died, but not really. It was an out-of-body experience. He's talking so fast doing this. <laughs> it reminds me of of me when I get super excited about something and like I just start going and then it's like I start speeding up and it's like da 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 It's like, oh my gosh, somebody wound up Josh. And then, of course, he's like, and let's go to the murder hookup chart. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, hookup chart, follow the line. There's a murder chart now? <laughs> what? And Penny For those who aren't with us anymore. Now, he might have, should have called it a hookup death chart, maybe, but. <laughs> yeah, because a murder chart's like, wait, who's murdering people? Hold yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I think we need to rewind this story just a bit. I think I may have missed something. And it, it's just great because Penny 23 is like, uh, wait a minute. We skipped the key. And Josh is like, yes, we did. Lights <laughs> up the bond. Let's go to the next next segment here, and in rushes Katie, who is super excited because she sees Penny, but that's not her Penny. Yeah, and it got real awkward real quick. Yeah, it did. Poor Katie. Oh, and it's so weird how different like the attitudes are of right. the Pennies. And yeah, we did Penny get... twenty three is completely different than Penny forty. Right, and we didn't get any Penny forty this episode. No. And I think a lot of people are like kind of pissed. They're probably in the same state of mind as Katie. It's like, right? What? Why aren't we getting Penny? What happened? What was in that cupcake? Yeah. <laughs> and you see, we do finally kind of have all right. Penny twenty three is caught up, kind of, sorta. Right. And we have Julia finally just kind of. They have like a close up of her face. Right, because she's hearing voices. And at first, I was thinking maybe she was holding the unity key. Right. Because, you know, obviously we're just seeing her face. We don't know. Turns out that's not what it is. No. And I also, for a moment, because as they pull back, you see Alice and Q with Julia and they're talking. I was thinking maybe she was almost like spacing out. Right. But, like, you kind of heard voices, but I didn't, wasn't thinking anything Yeah, it kind of sounded of it. like you were trying to tune a radio. Right. Because it was kind of staticky and it'd kind of fade in and fade out. I didn't think anything of it, really. At that no, point. I, I just kind of went, okay, wonder what's going on with Julia. This might not be a good sign. Right, but because it was so fast, I was like, okay, maybe she's just spacing. And and that noise we heard was Alice and Q talking and whoever else in the house kind of talking. And, like, she's spacing out, not focusing on any one person. Right. And... They're like, uh, Jules, are you with us? And she's like, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm back. Shoo, here I am. And Alice is like, we shouldn't just open the door without knowing. And Julie's like, well, we need to find a way to know what's on the other side of the door in the castle at the end of the world. Well, how the hell do we do that? Who are we going to go talk to? And Alice is just piping up with suggestions, isn't she? Oh, absolutely she is. And you go, this probably isn't good, but... Going to the library, they might know something, so Q agrees to that she should go. I was surprised. I was, too. It didn't make a lot of sense until they decide that Penny 23 should follow her. Right. Because on go, the actual oh, plane, okay. yeah, nobody's going to see him. It's like, oh, okay, that works. Julia can kind of charge him up again. And... Q. Which was also a little awkward. Yeah, he's like, uh, you should ask him. Why? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you guys were a thing in that timeline. Okay, a whole lot of things were a thing in that timeline. Exactly. It's like, geez, Q. But the way Julia goes to ask, I thought was really interesting. Because she's like, yeah, he thinks you'd do it for me. But I think you, you should do it because otherwise we're all screwed. And we don't know what's happening. We'd rather have the information. Like, see, yeah. that's all you had to do. That's all any of them had to do. Right. Like, hey, listen, we need your help. We helped you out in your timeline. Maybe you can help us out here. I don't think Penny23 is an unreasonable person. No, he doesn't seem to be. He seems to be very level-headed. Right. So I don't, I don't know if it's just because they're so freaked out that their Penny's gone and they knew their Penny was on board. Not right. sure how this one is. 
Right. Yeah, they don't have any trust built in in Penny Twenty Three yet. But hey, he follows Alice, so there's something there. Yep. And what do we get from the library? This I was really, really unhappy with what was happening. Right. And the librarian tells Alice, "We don't know what's in." The castle at the end of the world, it's secret by design because maybe we mortals aren't supposed to know. Right. It's like, what the hell is that? Yeah, and she thinks it's just to torment those who catalog information. You go, what the what? Right. (laughs) Maybe you should ask a god what's inside. And even though she was the same kind of level voice person that we've heard this entire time, the librarian, it kind of came off shitty. Yeah. She got some attitude in this episode. Yeah, she did. And I'm wondering if a lot of that is just, you know, she's dealing with what happened to her daughter. Because we don't exactly know what has happened to her daughter other than right. she was on the mirror bridge. Yeah, that could be part of it. Because she may be hoping that once magic returns, she might be able to at least open the bridge again and find out what happened. Maybe try to save her somehow. Right. Well, but then we really find uh, out what's going on and you just wanted to smack oh, her. Yes, that's what I was starting to say. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know how much I can trust her because of the next thing. So go ahead. Talk about it. Because I was ticked. Oh, yeah. She gives Alice a siphon to use when magic is flowing again. But it's got to be turned on within the first 30 seconds. Or they lose their chance. Right. It's like, uh, And... There could be a little side effect because it could kill Julia because Julia is going to be the power source. Yeah. Yeah. Because what? their, their, what was it? Vendor didn't come through. It's like, oh, right. so now we know who was trying to get all of the McAllister's fairy dust. Right. I was like, what is happening? I was not happy. No, no. How can the nerve of the librarian to feel that she is the one who should decide to get magic and who shouldn't get magic. That's what I was really questioning what the heck they were doing. Right. Now, it wasn't said, but I will swear that part of this deal is Alice will get get magic back and everybody else at Break Bills wouldn't. Okay. Yes, because they would get to decide everything. The ultimate betrayal there... Yeah, you have our little crew on the quest, but maybe you're not going to get any back. Who's to say that you should decide? Exactly. I was not happy with that at all. No. I don't know. I I think that the fact that Penny was there, and so we get this information, was good. Yeah. Because I don't think Alice would have shared anything. No! She had no intention of sharing what was going on. None whatsoever until she got busted. Right. Because, you know, when she comes back and she's like, okay, well, nobody knows. We need to talk to a god. And that's when, you know, all of them are standing around like, well, who do we talk to? Where can we go? Lady Underground hasn't talked to me. That's what Julia says. And Q's like, Bacchus's Instagram is shut down. And it's like, <laughs> great. Go to Twitter. Nipples. Right. <laughs> And then Alice is like, well, maybe if Dean Fogg is sober, I can talk to him. And so she kind of storms off. And Alice has had a bugger up her butt, too. Right. And then Penny's just like, that's not all true. No. And then decides to clue them in on the siphon. And he's like, she didn't seem too cool about the fact that they said it could try to kill Julia if it rips the magic out of her. Right. But she wasn't exactly protesting. No. I was like. What the hell is going on with you, Alice? So Katie is still ticked that Penny is there because it's not her Penny. And she's going to go try to grab the Unity Key to talk, talk to her Penny. And, of course, when Penny 23 comes in there, you know, she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Get away from me. This is too weird. And he's like, I get it, but why don't we talk? Yeah. And he is just seriously so level-headed. I'm like, I don't know how I feel. This is weird. Yeah, (laughs) this is not our penny. So it's like, okay, great. So Katie's like, listen, Julia's not the Julia you like, and I don't know you, I don't owe you anything. And he's like, I get that, but why don't we just sit down and chill and have a drink, and you can just tell me what's what. And somehow, 
that like gets her to calm down. Right. How weird was that though? Yeah, that was totally unexpected. But of course, this was the one thing that Josh pointed out to Penny 23 was he didn't know why they weren't best friends anymore. And so this was kind of Penny 23's way of trying to find out what actually happened, and which basically Katie tells him exactly what happened. I was still honestly a little confused because she does tell him about Reynard. Right. And I don't understand why she was mad because when everything happened, like Julia basically distracted him long enough for Katie to get out. Right. But then is she mad that because of what happened to Julia, Julia has powers? Or is it mostly because of the whole bullet thing? That's where I was kind of confused. It was the bullet thing. Okay. Yes. Katie was all for killing him and Julia didn't. When Julia didn't, that's what set Katie off on the anger. Because like the way she kept saying you know, what he did to me, but he didn't do it to you. Right. That's why I'm not like he did to Julia. Right. That's why I'm like, uh, I'm confused. But I mean, she does does explain her anger, and Penny's just like, so he's still here somewhere. And apparently, we needed Penny twenty three to have critical thinking. Right. Because nobody else thought about this. Right. She's like, oh, so we need to go talk to Reynard because only gods know what's behind the door, right? And even then, like, Katie, you seen the light bulb moment. Yes. It was like, wait a minute. I didn't <laughs> think about that. And you have them, like, obviously talking upstairs. And you have Julia in a different part of the, the house praying to Our Lady Underground. And she hears a voice and sounds like Dean Fogg. Yeah, it sounded like he had fell. You go, what's going on here? Is that, like, I just heard him cussing a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was cussing. but That you could hear have him. been anything. Yeah, I uh, heard a thump. Thump. So <laughs> I was assuming that he fell because when she goes in and checks on him, he's on the floor. I thought he was trying to pick up a bunch of stuff, like he knocked stuff off. Could be. She's like, um, He wasn't happy. No. He was pretty pissed. And, you know, she's talking to him. She's like, I think I'm hearing voices. I thought I heard yours. He's like, I wasn't doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Too proud to say anything. Right. But he does mention that. Some people pray to a higher power, and you could be hearing people's prayers. Which is interesting, because that's not something I ever thought about. Right. And obviously... Hadn't crossed my mind either. I went, oh, crap, you're right. Obviously not something Julia had thought about. But then she's like, what? And then suddenly, you know, my power grows when I do good things. Maybe I can fix your eyes. And he was like, kind of, hands off, don't do it. Because I don't know what it's going to change. Right, because magic caused it, and it wasn't just a physical ailment, so he wasn't sure if Julia's magic could overwrite the magic that did this to his eyes. It it may backfire on her. And interesting, though, because Julia's like, well, it's not exactly magic, though. No, it isn't. (laughs) And she fixes them, and I don't know, they're just, just... This look of, not gratitude, but almost just relief, like, oh my gosh. Right. Yes, there was a definite weight removed off of Fogg's shoulders there. So maybe he won't be drinking quite as heavily. Probably say that is very likely. I don't think we'll see him touching any alcohol, actually. You don't think so? I don't think so. Huh. I'm just thinking he won't hit it quite as hard. (laughs) Only (laughs) one bottle a day instead of two, maybe. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, we go over to Q, who does find Alice, and he's like, I know what's going on. And I love it, because Alice is like, uh, I don't shock him Yeah, right. Not really, Alice? <laughs> if they're coming to you saying this, maybe you just own up right away. Exactly. Because he's like, what's the siphon? And that really stopped her, and she she was pissed that she was followed. Really? That's what you're mad about? Right. You're putting all of our lives on the line for this, for the library, and for yourself. Yeah. And why should the library be the one who decides who gets magic and who doesn't? And this is what kind of threw me when Q really drew a line in the sand. Oh, absolutely. 
Because we got enough questions. Yeah. Because Alice is trying to be like, well, you know, not everybody should have magic. She does bring up about the school. You right. know, maybe you wouldn't have even known because if you couldn't do it, you wouldn't be here. Okay, but then who decides who's coming to the school and who's not? Because if they're stopping the flow of magic, what's to make you think that the big empty that they've been talking about isn't in fact them having the siphon and essentially stopping magic going out to anybody? Right. They don't know. And I feel like, okay, this is the path we're taking. Maybe this is the wrong path. Right, especially if the library has been getting fairy dust from... Right, from the McAllisters. Irene, yeah. Yeah, the McAllisters. It's like, they'll do anything. They're, they don't care if they kill people for it. And that should have been a red flag for Alice. Especially, it really should have been. Yeah, knowing how she was when she was a Niffin. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't seem super upset, but she did actually give him the siphon. Right. So... I don't know, maybe she was hoping somebody would stop her. (laughs) Or she's going to figure out a way to get it back. Or this was her plan all along to get, somehow get the siphon and end up closer to Julia. Right. Yeah, she could be ciphering it off for herself. I mean, she could be double-tricking the librarian, for all we know. Double-cross. Yeah, double-crossing everybody. She wants all the magic for herself. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a Niffin Alice to me. That sounds like a beast Alice. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't we don't have any more time loops coming, but who knows? Yeah. So let's jump back over to Katie and Penny twenty three, who is look they're looking for Julia. And when they find her, she's in like one of the classrooms and you see all this stuff. Oh it was very Jedi training. Yes. Everything around her floating and she's like, There's a little boy in Syracuse with a really high fever. I just concentrate enough. I know I can lower his fever. It's like, okay, that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, was it Katie that just blurts out, oh, right. we need to find Reynard. All of a sudden, I was expecting everything to crash down. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, but Jedi, it didn't. no, it just like went down and it's like, what? What are you talking about? Julia's like, not expecting this. And she's like, okay. I know where he is because Katie wanted to do a spell and she's like, yeah, that's not necessary, which was right. weird because Katie's looking at her like, what do you mean? That's not necessary. It's like, nope, quick, done. We can get there. And they pop up just like super fast. And I love it because Katie's like, what? I was not expecting this. And then everybody was kind of ticked because it was a really nice looking house. Right. With a nice car. And you go, God, he's still well off. Yeah. I think everybody was pretty ticked on Twitter. I'm sure, until a clunker of a car comes driving up with the pizza delivery, and it's running hard. Yeah, I was surprised. Oh, my gosh. Because I was ticked, too. And then when they did that, it's like, well, there's a twist I wasn't expecting. Exactly. Well done, writers. Yes, thank you for not giving him everything like I was expecting. Yeah. And he's in lives in a dump of a place. It's like it's not even finished. No. It's like he, he's staying in a, the back of a warehouse or something. Yeah. It, see, I was thinking it looked like it was uh, just a partially built like apartment or something. Yeah, it, it might have been. like, wow, you're just moving your stuff in, and at least there's a roof, I guess. And, of course, him being Reynard... And he's still a trickster, so I don't know if I can believe most of what came out of his mouth, even right. in anger. Right. Because, you know, he's like, oh, look at you trying to do good with this little spark. And she's like, really? Let me tell you just how powerful I have gotten. Yeah, and she gets in his face, and he gets scared. Yeah, which surprised me again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went, go, Julia. Yeah. And she's like, what's behind the door in the castle at the end of the world? And he's laughing at her like, oh, you want to go there. Don't do it. You know what? No, maybe you should. Because maybe whatever it is will destroy you. Yeah. And he's like, because that's where the gods put all their failures. All the stuff they wanted to hide. And I really, really thought that Julia or Katie was going to spout off something like, then why aren't you behind the door? Yes. (laughs) And as Julia's, like, kind of distracted, like, 
All of a sudden, Reynard grabs a gun and it's like pointing at her and Katie yells and Penny's like, no, and he freezes. It's because Julia managed to just stop him in that moment, kind of like he did with Skye, or she did with Skye. Right. And she grabs the gun and unloads it and, oh, what's in there? A God-killing bullet, which is interesting that he would actually grab it and attempt to even use it on her. Right. Because Julia looks at Katie, does this look familiar? And they're like, holy shit, it's the bullet that we were going to use on him. And of course, they're all like, how did you get this? Did Our Lady give it to you? What's going on? And Julia just freezes, unfreezes his face or his mouth. I don't even think it was his whole face. Which, right. let me tell you, Mackenzie Aston, being able to keep his arm up and straight and not start like shaking after a while. Right. That's amazing. That was pretty and impressive. And to keep basically everything perfectly still. I was impressed. Kudos to you. But Julia's like, hmm, weird stuff made by the gods behind the door. Maybe this will come in handy. Yeah. But they do find out, because, and this is what everybody was all up in arms with, too. It's like, how did you get this? Because Our Lady did not give it to him, because she didn't care. Right. She just threw him out on his butt. And he tells them that it was his stepfather, Hades. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people were pissed. They're like, wait a minute. Hades, who is hanging out with Penny right now? Right. That guy? Yeah. And, yeah, I thought the fandom was going to riot right there. I was waiting for the pitchforks. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. What the heck is happening? Because apparently, even though Reynard is not a god, he's still pretty hard to kill. And that was the only thing. And it was given to him in case it just all got too much. Right. Which I thought was kind of weird, too. It's like. She made you mortal, but you're not mortal, is basically what he's saying? Right, yeah. he's He just doesn't have the, any powers. Okay. The, yeah, he didn't become mortal. He's still immortal. He just doesn't have the power. Oh, okay. See, I thought she made him mortal. No. That's why I thought it was weird. And I don't know how I felt about Penny 23 being really pissed that they weren't killing. Right. That was unexpected. You, We've seen this real level-headed person. And then he's all upset that they aren't killing him. Right. And you go, huh? And they're like, no, we just wanted him to suffer. He's doing that. So I'm assuming he unfroze after they walked out or whatever, but. Right. Jeez, now you don't even have a way to end it if it gets too much. You're, you're an idiot. Yeah. You are going to suffer for a very long, long time. Yeah, you are. I wonder, though, if they do get magic back. What will happen to him if somehow he might get something back? I don't think so. No, you think Our Lady took all of it? Yeah, I think she took all of his magic and gave it to Julia. And it was just a little spark because magic had gone away. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure with that. I I feel like Renard is not, his storyline is not over with us. Oh, yeah, I don't think it is either. So that's why I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, there could be more. So let's talk, before we go to Fillory, about the last little bit on Earth that was really depressing, and (laughs) it got a little dusty, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's an understatement, because Julia discusses with Q the ramifications of the effect of turning magic back on concerning Q's father, as his cancer has gone into remission since magic has been turned off. Yeah, and then Q's like, I know this quest is supposed to do something to me, but I don't know what it's going to do. What if it comes back, and then his cancer comes back? And there was a lot of what-if scenarios. Right, and unfortunately, Julia can't give him a a solid answer one way or the other, because she doesn't know. Right, and Julia's like, I can't even say if I can heal him like I did Dean Fogg, because he's fine right now. Right. Oh, God. It was, like, a little heartbreaking because Q's like, what if it wants me to turn cold and that's what this quest is about? Right. And she's like, it picked the wrong person. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> that's sweet. And then yes. he goes to visit his dad and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. What does this mean? And he's, like, just talking to his dad. He's like, I was there and I did this quest. This happened in the books and that happened with me. And, you know, his dad's like, I totally remember reading those to you and how excited you always were. And and his dad just kind of stops and he's like, something's wrong with magic. I felt it. Right. And he's, 
cannot be a coincidence that my cancer went to remission. Right. And that, I'm like, oh, somebody's ripping my heart right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got the hand around it and is ready to squeeze real hard. Because then Q, it tells his dad, I lived a full life. I was married. I had a son. He went off and, and I loved in this. And, and his dad was like, Looking at him, and his dad's kind of cheering up, and his dad asks him, well, do you want my permission? And he's like, no, I just wanted to look you in the eye. Right. And I was like, oh, they're squeezing the heart. Yeah. (laughs) And then his dad, who was seriously starting to tear up, is asking, he all of a sudden, what did you name your son? And he's like, I named him after you. And I'm like, oh, why? And I'm like, this hurts so bad. Yeah. Now, somebody had pointed out that they thought he named his kid Rupert, though. Like, <laughs> after one so. of the, the chat uh, wins. Yeah, the chat wins. Yeah. I'm like, I don't remember them saying the name. No, I don't think so either. And so that's that's the question I have for any of our listeners. Do you think that he just told that to his dad to make his dad feel better, or was that actually his son's name? And then here's a little twist for you. You ready? Let's bring this full circle. He had a kid in Fillory. Kid grew up, moved on. Could the kid have found his way out? And could somehow his kid be his his father? Yeah. It's like, (laughs) talk about a weird loop. There's an infinite loop for you. Yeah. Because if his dad could actually kind of feel the magic somehow, it wouldn't be that far off, right? No, absolutely not. Okay, we have a whole nother series here to talk about or a whole nother group but i need to know what you guys think with that like if you think that's a possibility shoot us a message either facebook twitter email whatever because i cannot be the only person who's thinking that this could be some weird loop this way because why else would we have his son and never see him again right like i I think it's weird and it's a possibility but that's me all right Steve, now that we're done with Earth and uh, some crying, let's take <laughs> yeah. us into a whole other level of what the hell is happening. Yeah. Because <laughs> we go to Team Fillory and we see Josh and Finn on board the Munchak bringing food for tacos to Elliot and Margot. Hey, I love it. Tacos? Do you not have Tuesdays in Fillory? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Elliot isn't all that grateful, but Margot is because she is tired of pigeons. If I have to pluck it, what was it? <laughs> I can't remember how she said it. It was like, kill, pluck, and boil or something. Another pigeon. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then we get this scene with Elliot and Finn. And Elliot tells her she's free as he is no longer king. But she reminds him that if she was back home, she would be dealing with three brothers (laughs) that probably would have killed her by now. So they are stuck together. Yeah, I love it. Because it started really sweet. She's like, I would have been on this little farm. I was the knife maker's daughter. Crazy people next door. I'd probably been married to one of them. And he even says it like as she goes through, she's like, well, that he's. I keep laughing at myself. This is bad. Elliot's like, well, that got a lot less sweet as you went along. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I was cracking up when he said it. Because, of, like, as Fed's going through, you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're right there with Elliot. Like, okay, that, that changed really quick. That story. Yeah. <laughs> that story went from cute to sweet to what the? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Been in her reality. That's true. But it's something that Elliot never dealt with like that. So Exactly. So yeah. It probably reminded him a bit of his father. So yeah, he kind of went, Okay, I see that. Like, well, that's changed. All right. Now of course Margot tells Josh that they've been negotiating with the Fairy Queen for the sixth key, but all they've gotten back is a messenger bunny. <laughs> that just kept saying eat my ass <laughs> and i love it she's like we don't know if it's a weird kink thing or if this is the message this could right. be some we weird rabbit 
we just happened to get. <laughs> oh, my God. That was killing me. Yeah. And Finn suggests doing something different to try to get her attention. So they go visit Frey in an animal bar. Yeah, because there's talking animals, apparently more than just the rabbits. Yeah. And, of course, they want her to try to get the fairy queen to visit, and Frey doesn't want to, as the queen was going to kill her. Uh, Elliot, high note, she didn't, though. Yeah. <laughs> Positive note. <laughs> and, you know, Frey did have that look like, you're serious, right? You're Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then Finn suggests trying to get her stepsisters to help. Yeah, don't you have any fairy stepsisters or something? What? And Frey drops the bomb that there are no children in the fairy realm. Which? Oh, that is so good to yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is something worthwhile knowing. Yes, and it comes from Frey, no less. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was something that was intentional. It, she was just, like, telling it matter of fact. Right, she was just an answering Finn's question. Yeah. It didn't even occur to her because she didn't know about the mushrooms that were planted in Fillory. Of course, the light bulb just goes bright, supernova bright on in Elliot's head. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> really? Hmm, tell me more. Yeah. And Prey explains that nobody wants her and that's why she's working in an animal bar. And we cut to Margot, who's Talking with the bear, telling it she's not judging. And, and go, I thought this was really what? cool because I just assumed it was like not on set. But the behind the scenes pictures that they took, they actually had a bear on set. Wow. I don't think they were that close. <laughs> right. But there was an actual bear. I was like, what? Because um, Brittany Kurt, Curran, Fenn, was posting pictures of the bear. And right. I'm like, oh my God, it was like really there. Yeah. <laughs> was not expecting that. But Elliot tells her he can't fix her childhood, but wants to bring peace for humans and fairies. And Frey tells Elliot she's not alone as Margot leaves Humble Drum. Interesting name. What? Yeah, for a bear, yeah. yes. And Margot walks up to him and explains that Frey and Humble Drum are a couple and told him that even though it's taboo, if it's consensual, she's fine with it. Oh, yeah, because Margo says, I, I love that bear. And Frey's like, so do I. Yeah. And I love this because Elliot's like, okay. And she's like, no, honey. You don't understand. Frey loves that bear. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Elliot's still just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at Fen and Fen does the eye thing like, hello. Yeah, <laughs> and so he stands up and tells Frey that he's so happy she is dating a bear. The fact that he said, I'm going to tell you what I wished my dad had said, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> because I do know, I do know what a bear is. In, in yeah. So I was like, I don't believe they put that through. That was funny, though. It was. And then just as the, all of a sudden in the background, you hear, thanks, Frey's dad. <laughs> well, she says thanks oh, and right. calls him dad. And then you hear Humble Drum saying, thanks, Frey's dad. Right, because the bear doesn't understand that Elliot's not really her father. and no, right. But it's like the only father that Frey kind of has. And they were right. bonding. Yeah. That was just something else, though. I was like. Oh, my God. That was funny. I couldn't get past that. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> it was greatness. And then we see the fairy queen come in and meet Margot and Elliot, telling them that she knows what they want, but she can't give it to them. And Elliot plays his card, saying they are surrendering by giving the fairies a moist place to settle in Fillory. Oh, man, because Margot, again... Margo needs to hold back on some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but not so much. And, of course, the fairy queen says, well, I can wait until the floaters and Lorians destroy Fillory, and then I'll take it. She's like, can you, though? Because I yeah. think the um, eggs are getting a little dusty. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Margo, I love you. You are so, like, you throw shade left and right. 
Yeah. So, uh, I love that too because all of a sudden the fairy queen's like, hmm, you're not even the one making the decisions for Fillory, so what are you going to do? She's like, come back with an army or with a crown. Yeah. <laughs> kind of snotty. It's like, all right, you're just challenging Margo. Yeah. Like, she ain't even going to play with you at this point. No. Back on the Munjack, Josh informs Elliot and Margo that he put some leftover pigeon on his taco and it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> As they're all eating tacos. And Josh once again brings up the original plan when they took over control of Fillory, bringing back democracy. Again, leave it to Josh, giving us something that we needed that we didn't realize we needed. That's right. Elliot goes, oh, Tick will never call for an election. Like, <laughs> maybe we could force his hand. That's right. And Margo, Josh, I need you to go to Kinko's. <laughs> oh, okay. And off he goes, and then we find out, <laughs> see that Tick has shown the election flyers that were distributed all over Fillory. Yeah, what's an election? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, Tick tells him, collect them all and burn them. And Rafe reminds him that the citizens think they're getting elections. And you go, you see, just Tick just steaming. Yeah, it's like, hmm, fine. I don't even know what an election is. I guess we'll figure this out as we go. And I love it because we will go into it, but there was flyers put up. And when they're talking about that, they're like, it's already hit the post. And I realize that's the reason that they've said that all along. Right. <laughs> like, you don't you don't realize this old-timey kind of thing is the reason some of it is, you know, what it is now. Right. It was just weird. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, I had my own light bulb moment. And then we get a very heated discussion between Elliot and Margot regarding who should be on the ballot. Oh, yeah, this wasn't exactly great. No, not at all. And you were kind of going, I uh, don't know. You better tread lightly, Elliot. But he stood firm that he thought he should be the one on the ballot. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling good about that. No, me neither. And... Margot finally gives in. Not in a good way. Remember what Jane Chatwin told you? Right. Was not in a good way, but I felt that she was the bigger person here. Right. Absolutely was. So I, I thought that was good. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Julia shows up, saying she felt they needed her help. Right. Because Josh was like, wait, we need to get over to the door because I need to. All of a sudden, here's Julia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And this was great. And honestly, I thought this was going to lead to something completely different. But go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Because Josh takes Julia to the forest, the sentient forest that she destroyed earlier. Oh, yeah. That, that wasn't off. And Josh convinces her that she needs to restore it because it was a living forest and it supplied so much food. And you see her finally get this one little stick to come up and then, and then all of a sudden like, the whole forest yeah <laughs> you go whoa I was like, what the hell just happened and they cut to behind him where they an old man and old woman are watching this happen and josh goes off <laughs> i mean josh was like yeah this is awesome jumping around yeah he goes into full campaign mode yep. and we get this great back and forth between Josh and Elliot and Tick on who can promise what. Elliot decides it's time to play politics and starts promising things he knows he can't deliver. Right, because you only have to say it. You don't have to deliver. I'm like, if that's not politics now. Right. Yeah, that was definitely a slap at today's politics. There's no doubt about it. And then Tick gets real dirty. By publishing the minutes of Elliot and Margot's trial, oh, in which Elliot shit. called them. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, oh, this is not going to end well. And, of course, Rafe shows up on the Munjack and informs them of the results. Now, that, before anything is being said, did you expect what, what, what came out? Oh, hell no. Okay. I actually oh, expected no. something completely different. And I will explain right. after you go through this. Yes. 
He informs them that Elliot didn't win, but neither did Tick, and that talking animals outnumber the humans two to one. I thought it was even higher than that. Yeah, well, I think he said something about 500,000 humans in Fillory, and there was about a million talking animals. Oh, okay, okay. And because of someone's conversation with Mr. Humblebum, they all voted for Margo. As a write-in. Because they said a write-in one. And I'm like, right here, I thought they were going to say Julia because of what she did. Yes. So I was really surprised. But Margo's just like, what? Yeah, just shocked. Elliot's shocked. Everybody, I think, was shocked. I know I was not expecting that at all. No, not at all. And, of course, Rafe takes the knee. Elliot turns around. Well, wait. Wait one second. When Rafe's like, let me be the first to congratulate you, King Margo. Because she looks at him, she's like, you really do love that sloth. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, dang, okay. Like, I wouldn't have even thought of it. Right. Not that, but I mean, that all these animals, because Margo was talking to them, like. And approved what had been taboo. I think a lot of it, honestly, not even just that, but because she talked to them and didn't, like, ignore it. Yeah, treated them like... A person, basically, yeah. Right. It was like, wow. And and then this kind of hurt because it took Elliot a minute to compose himself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, let me be the second. But he did the right thing. Once he got composed, he bent a knee. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody was putting up, like, Game of Thrones meme. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I mean... Jon Snow. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I feel like Elliot truly does support Margot. Oh, absolutely. But there's a lot of people that were kind of iffy, thinking that maybe he's not really supportive. I think it just was a slap, and it took him a minute, because he thought he'd be able to win it, like, a political kind of thing. Right. But at the same time, now that Margo is high king, can't she just restore the king and queen's affiliary? Oh, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, but I think she'll she'll remain the king. <laughs> and is this the beginning of what Jane Chatwood had said then? I believe so. Okay. Because Margo takes her place as king, and Elliot goes over and informs Tick that even though they don't trust him and he will be guarded at all times... They still need him and give him a position in the cabinet. Which I thought was funny because he was going to take the death by a thousand pokes. And people are like, how do you die by a thousand pokes? I'm like, they didn't tell you what they're poking you with and how deep, okay? Right. It could be like being poked with a red hot fireplace poker. You don't know. Yeah, probably would be too. I'm sure it'd be painful. And the fairy queen enters... And tells Margot she always knew she was special. Mm, yeah, right. And you go, what the hell? No, you didn't. Don't lie. If you thought she was so special, why did you treat her like shit? Right. Yeah, I don't believe you. Sorry. But she turns around, waves her hand, and Margot's got an eye. I was freaking out. Because I really like the, the eye patches. Like, they're pretty cool. But I know it's got to be hard to act like that. And she's like, I can see so many things. And I'm thinking, okay, is this just another way for the fairy to, fairy queen to spy? Right. Or is she being sincere? Because they are honestly going to, to have them as part of basically a democracy and a seat at the table, a plot of land, you know, all of this stuff. Right. And so I'm still a little skeptical, but then she's like, you have to hide this in plain sight and then. Changes it so Margot's eye is, like, normal again. Looks like a, a normal eye instead of the fairy eye that it actually is. Because I, I was feeling a little teary there, too. It's like, oh, my God, she's got her eye back. Yeah. And she's in charge. This is awesome. Yes. And then it, it kind of got broke up because all of a sudden, when the fairy queen disappears, you have Fen who's like, can I get some fairy toes? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I can laugh now. I don't feel so, like, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But good God, seriously, this was something else. Yeah, I think uh, Julia can fix that for you, Finn. She might be able to. Although, she sure might. Somebody who doesn't have toes, she walks in heels really well, let me tell you. Yeah. And of course, my toes, I don't walk that well in heels. 
Right. We also get the scene where Katie has got the key, the unity key, trying to talk to Penny 40. And we hear Margot say, we've got the key. Oh, yes. But we don't hear Penny 40. We hear Penny 23. And Katie. And you go, what the hell? Yeah, Katie was super pissed. She's like, the key replaced you. They replaced my penny with you. And she throws yeah. the key, and I was like, oh, shit, what does this mean? Yeah. I was worried. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why they replaced the other penny. Right. And I don't know where it's going to go. But, yeah, well, is it not possible that once Penny 23 gets enough knowledge about what's going on, that he may end up agreeing to take Penny's 40's place in the library. I think you and I kind of talked about this, and we may not have yeah. been on, <laughs> on air talking about it, but that is a theory that's going around. Right. So, I don't know. I think we're going to have to wait and see how that plays out. Right, and that, that could be a storyline for next season. That is true. Yeah, I don't think we'll get a, a, res- a resolution to this this season, because we're creeping up on the finale right. here. we got to get magic back, or find out what we're going to deal with once they open the castle at the end of the world. They may let out a whole bunch of bad things. And maybe there's nothing. Right. Could actually be nothing. What do you guys think is going to happen? Again, shoot us an email, sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Shoot us a message on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever, on YouTube. We're watching, we're reading. I want to know what you guys think. But while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and all the other podcatchers, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about the show and about our show, and we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. I mean, we love talking about it because there's always something that pops up. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why I want to hear from you guys and, and your theories because yes. they're always great. I uh, don't forget to check out the website and we have, of course, our shopping links so that don't cost you anything. It just helps us out. And our Redbubble, where you can see Steve and I cartoonize and all the fun stuff we have there. And, of course, as we said, con season is upon us. You will see us running around cons, possibly in our jerseys or our shirts. But if you see us, come say hi. We love talking to you guys. Absolutely. And we can always, you know, throw some uh, theories around live and in person. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlas. And I'm Steve. My timeline was post-apocalyptic. And it wasn't this fucked up. And until next time.